it is girls day on decaf stephanie thank you welcome back from maternity leave first of all and thank you for joining thank you glad to be back yeah it's a so give us an update on what your life has looked like lately I always think okay here's here's an unfair assumption on my part I always think when women come back from maternity leave they're gonna look haggard you're like raising a baby Stephanie comes in her hair has got the highlights she's still got a motherly (laughs) glow didn't know that stuck around postpartum like I just feel like it's very oil that's just built up oil (laughs) well whatever it is it's working for you I just think it's like so I I know that I'm gonna look like someone put me through the washer and dryer when I get back from a honeymoon from I'm not a honeymoon well from maternity (laughs) leave definitely not a honeymoon but Stephanie always like you always look good and I just think it's very unfair so welcome back you have a motherly glow um how how is it being a mother of two you know I've done a lot of things that I said I would never do (laughs) raising children, (laughs) um, having to, like, I think all of the little rules go out the window. Like if you have to put something on TV to keep one of them occupied while you're taking care of the other one, totally fine. Yes. Well, we're going to, we're going to revisit that a little bit later in the podcast because there are so many stories that she's told me and some that I'm sure you haven't told me that, uh, I love to hear about kids because kids, they really do be acting crazy and saying crazy things. And so I, I'm excited for you to share that with the world. Um, toddlers. Yes. Gosh, her son, we'll, we'll get to this, but her son's got quite the personality. Um, before we get to that, let's talk about some work things that, you know, if kids, I would be interested to hear a child's candid opinion if they could understand what's going on, because this has been kind of a buck wild week with the announcement of the Ford deal coming to Tennessee, which it is no secret that Beacon does not like corporate welfare. And I've got in arguments with a bunch of people about it. Um, you know, people call it economic development, even like Republican friends are like, it's economic development. And I'm like, do you not comprehend that economic <laughs> development comes from individuals, not from government? But Stephanie, when you first heard about it, what what were your thoughts? Well, I have sort of a personal um, love for Ford because my grandfather actually worked in one of the factories for his entire life. And and when he retired, um, he retired from there up in Ohio. And so we've always been a Ford family. Um, like we all drive Ford vehicles. I have an Explorer Holt has an F-150. And the reason why we have Ford vehicles is because my family has, has always, um, my uncle retired from Ford. My grandfather retired from Ford. My dad worked for Ford, um, a long, long, long time ago. Um, so it was kind of like heartwarming in a sense to me because we moved from Ohio down to here and it was felt like a little bit of a little piece of Ohio coming down here. Um, and I also know how much opening one of those types of facilities means to the people in that community, um, and how it can completely transform that community. So I am very excited that Ford is coming. I welcome them to, to Tennessee. Um, because I know that it will be life-changing for a lot of people in those communities. However, on the flip side of that, um, while I'm happy that they're here, um, we also, you know, struggle with giving one company um, an economic incentive over another company just to create a job. Um, Because we think, um, and maybe we're, um, we're a little, uh, 
Are we too optimistic? (laughs) Yeah, we're a little biased, but like, I think Tennessee is a pretty good place to start a business or bring a business or, or um, grow a business. And, and I don't think that you necessarily need to give people incentives. I am happy though, that it's at the mega site because we have spent a ton of state dollars on that. 700 million, 700 million taxpayer dollars on like getting something to the mega site. Yeah. And so I'm happy that it's going there and not getting another economic incentive in Nashville where you don't really need to incentivize companies to come to Nashville. I'm happy that it's going in a rural community. And I'm also happy that, um, you know, they have the clawbacks that we've talked so often about. Um, You know, there was legislation passed that we were supportive of that made that, even though that was like kind of their practice going forward after Hemlock disaster, where they pulled out and the state just was out all of that money. Um, and they never created a job. So I think we're happy. So, so the deal is not great, you know, super happy about, you know, $500 million economic incentive, Mm -hmm. but if you're going to do something like that, this was probably the better way to do it. Having the clawbacks in there, having it in a rural community, um, that needs the jobs and economic growth and, um, and also making sure that we're utilizing a space that, you know, we have set aside as a state and dumped a lot of money into. Yes, I totally agree. It's not, I don't think any corporate welfare deal is a perfect deal just based on what we think of corporate welfare in general, but right. I am. I'd rather they give a tax break to all businesses to create jobs rather than just one company. Sense. Right, exactly. It would make, would make things a lot easier for a lot of people, especially facing hardships post-pandemic and things like that. So it is unfair, but it is exciting to see new new business. It's exciting to see the mega site. I mean, how many times have we talked about the mega site in our pork report? It has been like the top thing. And so I'm, I'm really glad that it will be, it will be used. It's just, a, it's a bittersweet, it's a bittersweet kind of deal. It's something that we've, we've wanted it for it to be used. It's just not the way that we would have wanted it, but it's yeah. all good. And like yeah. I said, you know, there's just a special place in my heart for, for absolutely. Ford. I think, yeah. I, I think okay. my next car will be a Ford because I have gone through it. I've really gone through it with some foreign cars. I'm like this, this is a hunk of junk I'm driving and your Ford is just, it, it I've is had any problems, but I also don't go anywhere. So. <laughs> it's, I haven't been like, uh, well, it was like, you need to change your oil. And I was like, well, I guess you can take it to get the oil change. It's been a year, but I don't think I'm ever going to hit the miles that it's since the last time. So you might as well go ahead and take it. I guess it's good to get it done every year anyway. That is also an advantage of y'all having kids is that now your parents come to you instead of you going to them as much, not, not as much driving, huh? I'm going to lock that away. Cause I'm quite sick of the four hour drive to Aniston. Don't know <laughs> if it's worth having a kid, but <laughs> walk away. very true. But, but also like, you know, now that we're doing some remote work and things with the pandemic and, you know, having a newborn, like, and, you know, still don't go out that often with her just because of, you know, she's a newborn. So, right. Right. And if you do, I feel like Holt drives y'all more often in his truck than anything else. So we'll take it. Heck I'll take a, I'll take a driver. Um, you know, who does have a driver and who is now free from the shackles of conservatorship, basically our girl, Brit Brit. I, listen, she has like more money than God. She can afford to do anything and to hire anyone to take care of her needs. The fact that she was under a conservatorship for so long by her father is insane. And so, hey, cheers to free Brittany. Am I right? Drinking water. I wish I was drinking coffee. I know. Um, So 
this story has been, I have been fascinated by this entire thing because I had no idea that any of this was going on. Um, I kind of forgot for a while that she was under a conservatorship um, until this past year when all of this stuff started coming out. Did you watch the latest documentary? Oh, I've seen them all. I'm obsessed. (laughs) Yes. The latest one where they talk about mirroring her cell phone text messages, like blows my mind. And this is a woman who had, who had a Vegas residency was releasing albums and doing world tours. Like she did not need somebody monitoring her text message communications. Like in no way, shape or form was that something that needed to be happening to her. So I'm just happy. Yeah. She's out. I feel like this is kind of the case with a lot of things that happen. You, you put a rule or something into place because there's a need. So like I talk about this all the time with like unions, for example, a long time ago, work conditions were terrible. Unions were necessary. They they've overstayed their welcome in my personal opinion. It's kind of like a situation of that in 20, in 2007, she went insane. Something was wrong with her and she needed people to help her figure out a path back to wellness. She found that path. I think part of it, Taylor, I mean, honestly, like when you watch the first documentary, I didn't realize that all of that was right around, right after she had a baby, um, her second child. Like, I I think she probably had some, she was going through a divorce at the same time, some postpartum depression. And also, you know, having to give your baby over to someone else to take care of when they're a newborn is very difficult to do. Yeah. Um, She lost it. She, she needed a path back to wellness. I don't think there was anything fundamentally wrong with her brain that couldn't be fixed. She just needed to get well again. It should have been temporary and it should have never been a family member. Um, especially, especially her father with their relationship that they had, but I'm so happy for her. I hope she goes on vacation and gets, I hope she gets married to that, that guy that she's been dating. Um, Whatever. Yeah. I don't know how to say his last name, but he seems great. And I just, I hope she spends the, you know, she's been under it since what, 2000? At least 2008. Yeah. So I hope she spends the next decade doing whatever she wants to do and gets out of it completely. Yeah. She needs to, she needs to rewrite some memories, get out of her house, maybe perform again, if that's what she wants to do, spend time with her kids, if that's what she wants to do. You know, I hate to villainize her dad, but I mean, he kind of did it himself. Like he- They were all making so much money off of her too. Exactly. you can't have a relationship in a conservatorship where there's somebody who is benefiting off of being huge conflict in that role. Like it's a huge conflict of interest. And it, I, I blame, you know, the court should have never had it set up that way. She should have been able to have her own attorney um, picked by her. Yeah. And I hope that we, we as like a system learn from this. I'm watching Outlander right now and seeing kind of like the old 1700s laws that were in place governing women and marriages and things like that and how much things have changed and how much things need to change. And I, I've looked at, I've watched a few things, let's do a few podcasts about how conservatorship laws work. And I think that this very public conservatorship battle is going to be an eye opener and maybe a law changer for, for some other people to get them out of equally terrible situations that they right. should never have been in. So right. it's a step in the right direction for Brit Brit and for society. So hashtag free Brittany forever. Um, while we're, <laughs> I'll be hashtagging that the rest of my life. Um, while we're on the subject of things that Stephanie and I like, we talked about Stephanie's favorite sports teams a few weeks ago. Who did we talk about? The Browns? You know, I get kind of lost. Yes. I, so I saw an, an ad on my Facebook when I was scrolling through and I, it was from Beacon and it was like 
donate here to get your make a us talk about your favorite sports team. And I was like, oh, this is a great prank for Mark. So I went on there and donated, I don't know, like 25 bucks or something. Um, and just to force you all to talk about Cleveland sports teams. So, cause I know. Yes. And Mark, Mark did his research. Mark was like on it. I, my sports knowledge is limited to the Atlanta Braves and now they've come to tide. Mark does his research though. And I was actually impressed I'm, <laughs> with, with how much he talked about it, but Stephanie, what's going on with your sports teams right now? What's it is worth every penny of the $25 yeah. to make Mark talk about Cleveland sports. Um, but I don't know, you know, exactly what's going on with my teams right now, because I am still in the throes of like newborn, (laughs) but, uh, I do know that between golf and baseball and now football, um, we constantly have something on TV. I think last week I was like, Oh, let's have my parents over for dinner or for lunch. Um, and of course the first thing that they hold set up a second TV in the living room so we could watch the Ryder cup golf tournament and also flip the Titans football game at the same time. I love um, that so much. Yeah, so. I, um, I actually see that's, that's one of those things where I'm like, I, I know I'm my mother's daughter, but am I also her son? Because I am the sports girl in the family. Last last Saturday, I went to Double Dogs at like 11 a.m. in order to Bud Light and sat there with all those TVs <laughs> and watched football in the Ryder Cup because I just, I can't get enough. I do love that every time I text our little, we have a little group text of Justin, Stephanie, me, Justin's wife, Kara, and Suzanne, also in our office at um, I have, we have a group text and every time I text it about golf, Stephanie's like, I don't really know what's going on, but, but it's on, it's on in my house. (laughs) I can guarantee that it's, it's being watched. I I do love that though. And y'all had a fun time during the Olympics this year, um, having some downtime with the babies and and like during my maternity leave, the Olympics were on. And I was like, how fantastic is this that I get to spend some time like watching random sport. If I'm going to be up at 2 AM, you know, nursing a a baby, like I'd like to watch some random Olympic sports. Like that sounds perfect to me. Yeah. Synchronized swimming, water polo at 2 AM. I I think water polo is surprisingly aggressive. I did not realize that's one of the things that I watched in the middle of the night when I was up with, with our, (laughs) our daughter was water polo. And I did not realize, so you're not supposed to, they're not supposed to hold them like underneath the water, but the ref, can't see what's going on underneath the water all the yes. time and so like some of them would actually <laughs> hold the people underneath like the water it's and terrifying. you know and I was like what is happening that is my nightmare like to, to do stuff like that but it's I do impressive. I have like a whole new respect for these ladies they're like treading water constantly and trying to get the ball in the goal like no way zero percent chance I um, do, like get back in shape <laughs> Yes, really. Gosh, water polo. I know that's that's what we need to do. We need to go do start with water aerobics with the old folks, yeah. and then once we like get our stamina up, we can do some water polo and get in shape yeah. for next summer. That's a good point, though. I think when I'm ready to start having kids, I'm going to plan it around being on maternity leave during the Olympics. The Olympics, yeah, that's <laughs> brilliant. Every two years, it's summer, or winter, so yeah, it's brilliant. I, I think I can. I think I can get behind that. That's that's pretty good stuff. I, I do love that y'all are a sports fan, though. And, uh, okay. So let's, let's get, let's get to the kids now. Are, is Robert a sports guy or is he just a yes man or a no man? Oh, ball is life for Robert. <laughs> so it was one of the first words that he said before mama, it was ball. Oh um, and so he, he always has something in his hand, no matter what he's doing anyway, but it's, it's usually a ball. 
usually a ball or a bat. You've, you, I think I've seen photos of him with bats, shovels, things oh, like it's that. It's a golf club. It's not a bat. Oh, got him a little tykes golf club set. And so he's been trying to teach him how to hit, you know, and like one day you can take him with you when you go golfing and that, and then Molly and I will go and get our nails done or something. Or take a nap. Just or like, take a nap. <laughs> yes. So Stephanie has two under two. Robert will be two in February and you have an infant and Robert's getting to the age, Molly, the infant, so mm-hmm. cute, so sweet. We had a Zoom call the other day. I was at Stephanie's house. I did not pay a lick of attention. I'm so sorry, Justin. <laughs> because I had a little baby who had the hiccups that I was holding. And baby hiccups, the only thing cuter than a baby laugh is a baby hiccup. And I yes. stand by that. Um, she was so cute. And But Robert is getting to the phase now, which I won't even call it the terrible twos because I think they're hilarious. The terrific twos where they're just like so funny. What are some of your favorite Robert is? that have come up you know he he's a talker so he uh he talks a lot and it's surprising to us how much he understands and and now that he's got an opinion about what happens during his day um you know it's it's gotten a lot more exciting but he uh you know will tell us no now which is a new (laughs) new phase and I'm like you are not old enough to be able to tell me no but you definitely are so we're gonna have to deal with that and then the other day I was, you know, we're trying to teach him, you know, if we tell him to do something and he, or stop doing something and he doesn't do it, you know, there are consequences to that. So we've started timeout. Well, I, uh, <laughs> I told him he was getting into a cabinet or something. And I said, Robert, if you know, you have to listen to mama, if you don't, you're going to go to timeout. And he, you can, you can see like the wheels turning in his brain. So he looked at me, did it anyway. And then walked over to the spot where we make him take time out and sat down and put himself in time out because he was like, Oh, worth it. I'll make this decision. Oh, worth it. Oh my it's God. fine. But he consciously like made the choice. Like, I'm not going to listen to you and I will accept the consequence of going to time out. And I was like, what is happening? What is going on? This is not what I did as a child. That is what you are going to have your hands full. I cannot wait to see his little, but he's so sweet too. When he leaves, she sent us a video. You sent us a video of when he leaves, he puts on his backpack and says, bye-bye. Yes. Bye-bye. He's, he's also like, not the kid that cries when he's dropped off at school. Like he is ready to go in the morning. He gives me a kiss, walks out the door with Holt usually, and he uh, traipses off to school, you know, we yes. call school. and yes. then yesterday I asked Holt how pickup went, like picking him up. And Holt said, well, you know, they were all very busy. One kid was like pretend mowing the lawn. Somebody else was climbing on something. And he was like, and Robert cried when I picked him up because they had just gone outside to play on the playground and he wanted to stay want to play on the playground. So he's like the opposite of uh, the kids that are like scared to be dropped off. He's like, don't pick me up. I'd like to continue to play. Your child is the ultimate extrovert. Like he just wants to be bopping around. You said when y'all went to the beach, you said he was like ready every morning. He was like, I'm ready to go. I want to be oh, he was the like crying at the, at the door to go out to the beach because he could see the water and he wanted oh, to go out there. Um, he also had no fear, which was kind of concerning because he would just run straight into the ocean and like a wave would knock him over and then he would pop back up and we'd be like grabbing him, trying to make sure that he's not being like swept out to sea. Um, but he while had a keeping an eye on a, while keeping out a very fresh baby also. Oh, I had her strapped to me. I mean, yes. you should have seen us in the airport. We were a total, the four of us were a disaster. I love it. it. We, we flew 
with two children. That's incredible. Oh yeah. You, you kind of life hacked because they don't have to have tickets until they're two. Right. But you went ahead and got Robert one. Yeah, so we got Robert one. So we could have the whole row of yes. chaos. And so that it wasn't a total disaster. But. Gosh, I love to hear it. I can't wait to have kids. I'm going to have a lot of questions when that day finally does come. Yeah. He did well. I love it. Well, Stephanie, I'm so thankful that you joined me this week while Mark is on his honeymoon and that you're back from maternity leave and we got our girl gang back together. And uh, any final thoughts before we sign off for the day? I don't know. I just feel bad for Mark and Justin that this is going to be like the top rated podcast that we've done in a while. I know it's because, you know, I say it a lot, but people should put women in charge more often because we are way more appealing and we're way more fun to talk to. Always. Yeah. Sorry, boys. Maybe Mark might get fired from the podcast. I am the boss on decaf. So Mark might get fired. We'll see what happens. Um, Thanks for being on Stephanie. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye.